Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hello, hello. What a blessing it is to be with you again from Greece, from the island of Andros. I just returned from an overnight trip to Mykonos, which was lovely, very lovely. And I think it's possible I might plan an A Course in Miracles retreat here in Greece for next year, working on that. The spirit works in mysterious ways. It seems like that could be coming together. So I'll share that with you if indeed it does. And right now we're going to share a prayer. So we place our hand on our heart and we give thanks. We are grateful and we are thankful that we can choose love and we do choose love. Taking this breath of love and gratitude, we're grateful and thankful to open our hearts and minds to the power and the presence of perfect love, our true nature. Taking this deep breath of love and gratitude, we invoke divine grace into our awareness and we place on the holy altar fire of divine love any sense of resistance or reluctance, any thoughts of lack and attack, any thoughts of limitation and separation. We surrender them all and we open our hearts and minds to be the perfect givers and receivers of love that we are born to be and we rejoice that our true nature, our true identity is perfect peace and harmony and love and abundance and prosperity. And we declare now that we are wholeheartedly willing to know this truth and to live it, to live in the unlimited, unprecedented state of freedom, finding freedom in our hearts and minds right now. In grace and gratitude, we share the benefits of our life of love with everyone because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we joyfully allow it to be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Mm, What a blessing. What a blessing it always is to come together week after week after week. We are blessed. (sighs) Thank you. Thank you, God. (laughs) So this week, as promised, uh, we're going to look at the teaching in chapter 18 of the text, section 7, I Need Do Nothing. I need do nothing. Now, this came up, to me, it came up in uh, our class uh, with Nook Sanchez in Living a Course in Miracles. And uh, right now, we still have 12 free classes available. And uh, this week, it's Gary Renard. Gary Renard, and uh, he was on the radio show just a couple of weeks ago, and he's going to be joining us in the Living a Course in Miracles classes this week. These classes are totally free for you. All you have to do is register at livingacourseofmiracles.com. livingacourseofmiracles.com, free classes for you right now. Not only that, but you can also get support for starting your own study group, leading a study group. Uh, Even if you're just vaguely interested in finding a study group, you can get support for all of that at livingacourseofmiracles.com. It's wonderful. It's all free. Membership is free and the support is free. So, uh, one of the things that we were talking about in the Living a Course of Miracles class last week is about the relationship of the mind to the body. And uh, in the teaching, I need do nothing, it begins with, you still have too much faith in the body as a source of strength. And this is 
really critical for us to not just understand, because it's one thing to understand it, and it's an entirely different thing to apply it to your life and really live it as though you understand it. So you still have too much faith in the body as a source of strength. What does that actually mean? Well, if your source of strength is the body, then you're going to think that you have to do a lot of things in order to get along. You're going to think that you have to accomplish a lot of things in order to feel worthwhile. And in my experience talking with so many people, thousands of people over the years and leading so many workshops and classes over and over and over again it's crystal clear that for the majority of people the big issue is a sense of unworthiness a sense that we're not entitled to miracles and that we have this uh, guilt this shame this deep sense of lack and limitation within our own sense of self so if the source of our strength is from what the what we can accomplish employing the body, then we are going to feel a great sense of lack and limitation because the body is a projection of the mind. It's an illusion. And I totally understand that this is very challenging to grasp. Uh, We can grasp it on an intellectual level, but until we live as though it's true, we're not really understanding it in our heart. And that's okay, because all that's really required for us to understand it in our heart is that willingness. That little willingness is all that's required. And if we're truly interested in understanding it, and we declare that on a regular basis, so perhaps at the beginning of our day... As we're waking up, we say to our own higher Holy Spirit self, please help me to understand that the body is not real. Help me to place my faith in spirit rather than in the body. Please help me to understand this teaching and to fully recognize it, cognize it, understand it and live it. Then all day long, we'll be given exact specific, clear ways to understand it that are perfectly designed for our understanding in the moment. How incredibly fabulous is that? In a sense, it's kind of like, let's say you decided you really were after some ice cream, that you really were interested in some ice cream, and that in any given moment, in every given moment rather, that you would be guided to the ice cream store at the precise moment of your perfect, perfect hunger and the exact perfect ice cream for your taste would be given to you the most exquisite opportunity to taste it, the perfection of the ice cream would be given to you exactly at the right moment. That's kind of how it works. And it's even more palpable when it's spiritual teaching that we're after. So if we're focused on doing, 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 uh, without understanding the purpose of the doing, In other words, we're just occupying the body, occupying the mind, so that we're not literally focused on our spiritual expansion, awakening, the atonement, the full realization of ourselves as the Christ presence. Then we're gonna, we're gonna be distracted by the doing. And that's why in this world, we don't actually need to do anything. Doing things is totally optional, and there's nothing wrong with doing things at all. Doing things can be lovely and wonderful and fulfilling, and it all depends on what is motivation. So this is one of the things that I speak about all of the time, is having clear motivation, right motivation, pure motivation. 
Because with pure motivation, there is such a sense of being in the flow of love. So we work with our motivation. If our motivation is validation of the body or uh, glorification of the body or even sublimation of the body, sublimation, not sublimation, sublimation of the body, then we are going to be identified with the ego and we'll be learning. Of course, we'll be learning. And yet we can learn in a much easier, more graceful, fluid way. So it just depends on what we're interested in. So it reminds us here, what plans, and the key word here is plans, do you make that do not involve the body's comfort or protection or enjoyment in some way? So many spiritual students, I used to be among them, we would do spiritual practices in order to get a sense of purpose. So again, do, even doing the spiritual practice, feeding the ego. So one of the tools that I give folks in my classes to do to help get some real understanding around this, I'm going to share with you now, which is to do what I call one-day Vipassana. Now, Vipassana is a very particular kind of meditation that Buddha used to attain enlightenment when he was sitting under the Bodhi tree. And uh, you can go on a Vipassana retreat, and I've done that, 10-day silent Vipassana meditation retreat, and they'll teach you that style of meditation, and it's a wonderful opportunity. I encourage everyone to go and do it if it calls you. It's um, They have Vipassana centers all over the world, and so you can usually find one somewhere near you-ish depending on where you live, and uh, take that 10 days, which is a big commitment. I, I, I was never able to do it until, um, uh, oh, just about five, six years ago, uh, but I loved it. It was wonderful. And the one-day practice, it's not quite Vipassana, but it's, it's a, a one-day silent meditation retreat or contemplation retreat with yourself. And here's what I encourage you to do. So you make a plan so that you can basically do nothing (laughs) the entire day. So you prepare your meals in advance so you don't have a lot of cooking or anything like that. And you, if you have pets to take care of and things like that, see if you can go stay somewhere else, have someone else take care of the pets so that you're really doing as little as possible. And for the entire day, you don't do any exercise and you don't take a long bath with candlelight. You're not doing anything because you're practicing the I need do nothing. And you don't listen to music or any other thing. You don't listen to any kind of programs or classes, and you don't read any books, and you don't write in your journal, and you don't go for long walks. You don't do anything. You basically just sit there for that entire day, say 18 waking hours, however long your waking day is. So in the morning, throughout your day, very simple meals. You don't get very involved in the prep, and you just are with the spirit in contemplative mode. And it's deeply and profoundly healing. It really is. It's such a lovely, lovely thing to do. Great gift to give to yourself. And then what's going to happen is during the course of that day, you are going to get very clear about exactly where your attention goes. So for most people, it goes to three things. The things that you're craving, needing, wanting, the things that you cherish, uh, and then the things that you hate, that you despise, that you're angry and upset about, and, um, and future, futurizing. So you're in the past, you're in the future, and you're also, uh, in that craving, despising, uh, 
these kinds of thinking and you start to notice how much of your mind gets pulled away from the now moment. It's quite interesting. So what plans do you make that do not involve the body's comfort, protection, or enjoyment in some way? And you get a chance to really look at that. It's so worthwhile. Almost everybody can find a way, even uh, a mom who's got children and things like that. There's usually, if you set your intention and it's something that you feel will really bring you benefit and you're willing, even if it seems impossible or complicated, if you are willing, if you have that little willingness, spirit will provide the opportunity for you to have your one-day contemplative retreat. Now, let's see. Going uh, a little bit further in this I need do nothing lesson, it tells us at no single instant does the body exist at all. And, you know, for for those who are new to A Course in Miracles, that seemed like a shocker. What? The body doesn't exist at all? Oh, my goodness. What the heck? <laughs> so we're, we're just opening our mind to be shown this, and that, that the body is actually a projection of the mind. And what does that mean to us? Because at first it can seem threatening, right? Because to the ego, the idea that there's no body seems very threatening. But to the spirit, it is a great relief. And if we're willing to open our minds to this truth, then it actually goes from being a worry, a concern, a fear, to being a great relief. And so that's that's the journey that we can travel. And if we're willing to travel it, if we're willing to be led, guided, and shown, it will be revealed to us. And isn't that wonderful? Oh, yes. So let's see here. <sighs> One of the things that I encourage you to be aware of is in this I need do nothing lesson there is some really interesting information that for a lot of students it seems uh, kind of conflicting and that's what I'm going to share with you here I'm coming to a break and uh, let's see, what can I tell you during that break? If you haven't registered for Living a Course in Miracles, the classes, you can do that at livingacourseofmiracles.com. And if you're unfamiliar with me, you can also check out jenniferhadley.com. I've got lots of free stuff for you there. And right now... I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we are living the love and walking the talk. I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, living the love, walking the talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. So this week we're talking about I need do nothing. And I was saying before the break that there is uh, something here that is, I think it was really juicy. When I first came across it, I went, what? (laughs) And so I'm going to share that with you. And it is about meditation. So I was talking about doing a contemplative one-day meditation as a way of getting in touch with this I need do nothing teaching. And it says here, now this is in uh, paragraph 4 of chapter 18, section 7, I need do nothing. It says, 
It is impossible to accept the holy instant without reservation unless, just for an instant, you are willing to see no past or future. So that holy instant, that opening in your mind, that miraculous revelation of truth, when you do a one-day retreat like that, you're making yourself available for it. You're really giving yourself an opportunity to experience it. And this is one of the key things. This week in Living a Course of Miracles, in our free classes, we have Gary Renard. And if you've read Disappearance of the Universe, then you know in there that he talks about his whole experience of having Artin and Persa come as his teachers. And the whole opening that he experienced came through Two things. One, major forgiveness. He forgave that lawsuit that he was suing a friend. And then the other thing that he did that uh, was contributing to this opening in his mind was he was doing a lot of meditation. Now, I, you know, I have to ask him. I've never asked him what style of meditation he was doing. But... In that contemplative meditation that I'm suggesting for you, what I have found is I began to move into that place beyond space and time and to just be. And it felt so nutritious. It felt so nourishing, so restorative that I really became... Uh, a great fan of it so in a a real sense uh, the thing about doing contemplative meditation is it's not escape not at all because you're actually very much in touch with where your mind is going but uh, you're you're bringing in that higher holy spirit itself and contemplating your own divine nature. And how do you do it? It's really about your intention and your willingness. So it says here, release is given you the instant you desire it. So you cannot plan or prepare for it without placing it in the future. Isn't that a great clue? So if you're planning or preparing for your awakening, then it's in the future. It's not happening now, which is why you will notice that when I pray, it's in that now moment. This is what I learned in the science of mind teachings, the unity teachings, the new thought teachings. It's all in this holy instant. It's all in this right now, in this moment. Now, listen to this. I just, when I read this, I went, what? Here's the key. Yes, yes, yes. Many have spent a lifetime in preparation and have indeed achieved their instance of success. Many have spent a lifetime in preparation and have indeed achieved their instance of success. This course does not attempt to teach more than they learned in time but it does aim at saving time this teaching is always reminding us jesus is always reminding us that this teaching saves time and it saves time that we would otherwise be spending in learning the hard way so we can learn things in time and space that's what it's for we can learn things in this human journey and we can also choose to have that direct connect and in that direct connect it's more like remembering so we can choose to learn things by the slow drip method i call it pushing density or we can awaken and have realizations and that's what ernest holmes talked about we have realizations of the truth and those save tremendous amounts of time and it's really time is nothing so it's not about time it's about suffering it's all about suffering so it says then and i love this it says you may be attempting to follow a very long 
road to the goal you have accepted. The goal is our awakening, our atonement, the full realization that the separation never occurred. It is extremely difficult to reach atonement by fighting against sin. So if we're trying to manage and cope with things, if we're trying to... um, have an awakening through following some process, it is a slower way. It is fighting against sin. Enormous, and, and I love, you know, one of the ways that Ernest Holmes said it, seems like an Ernest Holmes day today, but one of the ways he said it that I really love is, healing does not take time. There's no time involved in healing. The only time that it takes to have a healing is the time that it takes to have a realization. And it doesn't take any time to have a realization. It takes that willingness. That's what it takes. So when we make time for a contemplative meditation and connection with the Spirit, then we are making ourselves available for a realization. We are choosing to be willing to have a realization. So do you see how that works? So often, I mean, there's hardly a day that goes by that somebody doesn't ask me, how do I have more peace? How do I let go of the upset? How do I forgive? And the answer really is through cultivating that willingness and making your relationship with your own holiness, the primary relationship in your life. That's why I say be the love of your life. Some people are looking for the love of their life. Some people are grasping to the love of their life. Be the love of your life. And all the unworthiness will fall away. The realizations will explode like fireworks in your mind. Because you know what? They're already planted there. But And when we put our attention on them, that's what ignites them. So, it is extremely difficult to reach atonement by fighting against sin. Enormous effort is expended in the attempt to make holy what is hated and despised. Enormous effort is expended in the attempt to make holy what is hated and despised. So, if what you're doing is you're trying to make yourself be holy or make the body be holy, when in fact your true feelings about yourself and your body are hatred and being despised and despising yourself, uh, feeling yourself is unworthy, that there's something wrong with you, that you're not good enough then you're probably in that position of expending enormous effort when instead of doing that, which is a giant distraction and it's exhausting, although it is one way to learn, you can start to cultivate this relationship with the higher Holy Spirit self and begin a practice of being contemplative. And so one thing you might do is instead of having the television on in the background while you're cooking the dinner or doing the laundry and things like that, just allow yourself to be with yourself. Be contemplative. Make it into a moving meditation. So since one of the things I realized back in my 20s, my brother and I wrote a play uh, based on a book. Uh, The play had the same name as the book. It's called All God's Dangers. And it's the uh, essentially the autobiography of a man who had been a sharecropper. And so for (laughs) many, 60, 60 years or more, 70 years, he walked behind a plow. Uh, looking at the back end of a mule and did farming chores like that. So he didn't have an iPod. (laughs) And he was out there in the field listening to the birds and the crickets and the wind and the movement of the plow and the animals. And he was in tune with all of that. And he was such a wise man. And I realized 
and reading his words and his descriptions of his life and how he felt that he had so much contemplative time and he used it well he used it well and he also learned you know through decade after decade after decade of turning over the upsets and the hurts and the resentments and the regrets he ultimately would come to a place of forgiveness or acceptance and through that contemplative meditation that his farming life gave him and in our life today we're driving in the car we're doing the dishes we're doing all the things that we're doing in life we're on the computer you know it's like i say uh, i've learned how to drive the car talk on the phone put on makeup and eat lunch all at the same time you know we live in that kind of a world where we're multitasking so we're not doing the meditative contemplative chores and things we're not churning the butter we're not putting the laundry up on the line and so and if we are, we're doing, you know, chores. We've got the TV on. We've got the Walkman on. We've got all this stuff. Uh, we don't have Walkmans anymore. iPods on. And so there's this constant input, and we have no idea what is really happening in our mind because we're avoiding it. We're avoiding it instead of taking the opportunity. So this is why I suggest those one-day contemplative retreats i have a friend who does one every sunday no talking one day of silence every sunday and uh it brings her enormous benefit enormous effort is expended in the attempt to make holy what is hated and despised Nor is a lifetime of contemplation and long periods of meditation aimed at detachment. See, there it is. Detachment from the body necessary. So doing the contemplative work and the meditation as a means of detachment from the body, it's not necessary. Because remember, the body is a learning tool. It's helpful. It's for communication. All such attempts will ultimately succeed because of their purpose. So if you do lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, time of meditation and let's say you're a monk a nun uh, an ascetic these kinds of things you you will get there we're all going to get there in the end so all such attempts will ultimately succeed because of their purpose yet the means are tedious and very time consuming for all of them look to the future for release from a state of present unworthiness and inadequacy so if you're doing a to practice to escape from unworthiness and inadequacy you're taking the long way around it says here your way will be different so that's this is the message for a course of miracle students your way will be different not in purpose but in means so the same holy purpose taking a different route a shortcut and that's one of the things that Jesus says in A Course in Miracles. This is not the only way to uh, achieve atonement and wake up, but it is the fastest. A holy relationship is a means of saving time. So this is why any special relationships that you have, convert them to a holy relationship. If you would like more on special and holy relationships, I did the whole month of February in this Unity broadcast on special and holy relationships. So I point you to those. And it says, one instant spent together with your brother restores the universe to both of you. So that's it. If you are interested in this atonement, waking up quickly, then, but manageably, obviously, don't want to be in shock <laughs> but if you're interested in waking up with more ease more grace and more speed be willing to have only holy relationships to make all your relationships holy so how do you do that you hand them over to the holy spirit and then start paying attention to every opportunity 
to move out of judgment and into love, into compassion. So it says here, you are prepared. The way has been prepared for us. Now you need but to remember you need do nothing. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to make it happen. Sometimes people will say, um, uh, what would you like to do, Jennifer? And uh, maybe I'll make a, a suggestion about something. And say, well, okay, let's make it happen. Well, we don't have to make it happen. We can allow it to happen. We can be in the flow of love and then the highest and best. This is the only thing that can happen. It would be far more profitable now merely to concentrate on this and then to consider what you should do. So for now, what he's saying to us, for now, just concentrate on I need do nothing. And this is worth concentrating on. This is worth understanding and contemplating. So this is why I'm saying to you, I need do nothing. Be willing to understand it. It will be revealed to you in your mind. Here is the ultimate release, which everyone will one day find in his own way at his own time. You do not need this time. Time has been saved for you because you and your brother are together. Isn't that sweet? We're already together. This is the special means this course is using to save you time. So, as we're going to our break here, If you're finding that you fear this idea of being contemplative, you fear this idea of even discovering that you need do nothing, you may not be the one who is afraid. It may be the ego is having this awareness of this is the undoing. This is the undoing of the ego. So it's important if this idea of doing the contemplative meditation and taking this time for yourself brings up fear for you, it may not be you. It may only be the ego. Because if your sense of strength and your sense of self-worth comes from the doing, then it's all predicated on sinking sands. It's all predicated on something that isn't real, the body, the ego. Wouldn't you like to know your own true worth? Wouldn't you really like to feel great about yourself in every moment? Well, you absolutely can, and it requires the release of all the judgment, and the release of the judgment will come. If you mark on your calendar what day you're going to do or if you can't do that right now you just set the intention that you would like to do this for a day to have a whole entire day to open your heart and mind to the power and the presence of love it will be given to you yes so I invite you to uh, to remember that this is Jennifer Hadley I'm, I'm lost in the sense of this contemplative meditation Ooh, I'm floating on it So I'm reminding myself in this moment, I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course of Miracles here on Unity Online Radio. There's no retakes. We're right here live. I love you. Take a break. I'll be right back. Are you in a state of change, a period of transition? Perhaps you simply don't know which way to turn, or you want guidance on taking that next step in your personal or professional life. You can activate the power of yes with Reverend Beverly Melander. As a new thought minister and next step counselor, she knows how to listen to where you are and help you get to where you want to be. With 20 plus years of experience, she offers spiritual counseling and affirmative prayer next step counseling for your personal or professional life, as well as resume writing and editing. To learn more about Beverly's counseling services, visit beverlymelander.net. That's Beverly, M O L A N D E R.net. Have you ever considered that everything you think and say is a prayer to the universe? 
Are you sending a positive or negative message? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. So we're back and we're looking at the I Need Do Nothing teaching. And I really love this. It says here, you are not making use of the course if you insist on using means which have served others well, neglecting what was made for you. So one of the things that I have come to realize over the years is that the more you can focus on one teaching and really work it, the better. And for me, the most productive teaching has been A Course in Miracles. And so it's not enough to study it. It's really about living it, which is why we offer the Living A Course in Miracles classes where week after week for eight weeks in each of these Living A Course in Miracles classes, we've got eight different Course in Miracles teachers talking about how they have learned to live it and how they're applying it. So it's a real class where we give you tips and tools. And again, this week we have Gary Renard and we have 12 more uh, free classes in this particular series, which is about uh, releasing the suffering and leaning into love. Now, you're not making use of this course if you insist on using means which have served others well, like meditation, uh, certain kinds of meditation. So I was talking about Vipassana, uh, and Vipassana is wonderful. And remember, Buddha attained enlightenment sitting under the Bodhi tree doing Vipassana. Now, what I believe is that as we seem to move through time, we're getting... Uh, we're waking up, and so the mind is able to use a more simple, more advanced, more clear teaching. And so to me, the teachings of A Course in Miracles are more advanced than the teachings of, say, uh, Buddha. And Jesus really is the teacher for this age, for these few thousand years now he's he's the resurrected uh christ presence giving us these teachings here and it says save time for me by only this one preparation and practice nothing else i need do nothing so taking a one-day retreat for yourself where you really and truly don't do anything, next to nothing, just the bare essentials. You could even do it fasting, but sometimes fasting uh, creates... Uh, a lot of attention on the body, so it might not be the best way to work with your mind uh, in terms of I need do nothing. It says here, I need do nothing is a statement of allegiance, a truly undivided loyalty. Believe it for just one instant and you will accomplish more than is given to a century 
of contemplation or of struggle against temptation. So how how much of our energy, I know this has been true for me in my lifetime, that I have put a lot of time, energy, thought, attention on struggling against temptation. And I have learned that all temptation is of the body. And since the body is not real, the temptation is not actually real. It's only the ego trying to get me to identify with the body. But I'm not a body. And so through recognizing I need to do nothing, through recognizing I am not a body, and working with that in my mind, actually giving all the heavy lifting to the higher Holy Spirit self, the temptations can be dissolved and resolved easily and gracefully if we're willing, if we make a holy offering of them. So the compulsion to do, 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 and to accomplish, if we become enamored of making things in this world, which is so easy to do. You know, I make wonderful pies, therefore I am. I teach children, therefore I am. I take care of children, therefore I am. I uh, do anything, therefore I am. All these ways that we get validation or as this section says at the beginning, we gain our strength through the doing. That's where the ego has found a crack that it can plant some seeds in and grow and grow and grow. So needing to accomplish things in order to increase our self-worth is always going to generate suffering. So, it it would be wonderful if we could all take even a weekend a month and be in that I need do nothing state where we don't try to accomplish anything, we don't exercise, we don't do anything. One of the most helpful tools that you can give your mind is to determine, to decide that from this moment forward, you are going to pay attention to the motivation for which you do everything. So what is your motivation when you eat? What is your motivation when you go to sleep? What is your motivation when you get dressed and you choose what you're going to wear? What is your motivation when you go to your job, if you have a job? What is your motivation when you talk with your loved ones? What is your motivation all the time? Is it to glorify and validate the body? Is it to get love? Is it to get something? Because truly we don't need to get anything. But the ego needs to get stuff in order to sustain itself. But we don't want to sustain the ego. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't have things, that we can't receive things, that we can't enjoy things. But we learn to do it through the law of allowance. We're allowing the good to flow in our life. And we don't have to make anything happen. It's a different orientation. And we get there through our willingness. Through our willingness. This is the key. It says here, to do anything involves the body. And if you recognize you need do nothing, you have withdrawn the body's value from your mind. So, day after day, I just encourage you for this next week to start each day with I need do nothing and starting to really look at what is your motivation for what you're doing. Perhaps uh, at the end of each day, you could take some contemplative time, just 10, 15 minutes, not a huge chunk of time, uh, whatever the ego will allow you. And to take 15 minutes and write down maybe 10 things that you did that day. And then look at what is your motivation for doing those things. 
What is your motivation? Are you doing it to get something? Are you doing it to prove something? Are you doing it to get validation, to get approval? What is your motivation? And cultivating that willingness each and every day to understand the teaching of I need Keyword, need, do nothing. And instead, moving into the allowance and the receiving and the having, the already having because king is within. Seek first the kingdom which is within and all else will be added unto you. So we're just at about time here. And before I pray out, uh, I would like to share with you just some of the free goodies that you can get uh, (laughs) at jenniferhadley.com on the homepage, how to get over it, the free workshop right there, how to get over it. Then if you'd like to be my daily prayer partner and receive my daily spiritual espresso and my recorded prayers, that's at jenniferhadley.com on the blog page. There's tons of free stuff at uh, iTunes. If you go to iTunes and search for Jennifer Hadley, you'll find a boatload of free stuff there, uh, most of which is Course in Miracles based. And, of course, livingacourseinmiracles.com, we've got Gary Renard in class with us this week. So I invite you to place your hand on your heart right now and let us declare, I need do nothing and I'm willing to understand how that could ever be true. I'm willing to live in the truth that sets me free. And I truly am grateful to share the benefits of my life of love with everyone because I'm one with them. In grace and gratitude, I joyfully allow and accept the healing of my mind. In grace and gratitude, I let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I love you. Next week, I'll see you from Greece again, or I'll be with you from Greece. Have a great week.